All right, so this podcast is recorded in a house with animals and dryer noise in the background because I'm out of underwear, so I had to do the laundry. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a thing that happens. No, it totally is. I, I'm just amused that uh, it, we, we could pause the dryer for 20 nah. minutes. I It'll mean, be I, fine. I guess the internet knows what a dryer sounds like. Yeah. We are so professional. Uh, the other thing to mention is that we tend to swear a lot. Particularly when we discover we have no clean underwear. And that is why we have marked this as explicit. Indeed. Otherwise, it's not clean, but it's not really naughty. So, you know. It's not dirty like the underwear. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't, don't don't say that in the Reverend Ward voice. People get confused. I can't help myself. Sometimes it just comes out. It, it is. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 124. Um, I have a great guest in a little bit. Uh, my friend VM Brochure, Vicky, is going to be on, and we had a great discussion. Oh, my God. It's almost been two months since we had that discussion. It was before all things opened, but uh, it was a really good talk, and I can't wait to share it with everybody. Cool. In the meantime, uh, just doing what I do. I mean, my productivity seems to be right at a pretty good level right now. Um, still learning the ins and outs of the new job function. So that's to be expected. Uh, tomorrow, I guess I have a meeting with uh, the guy who's been doing it a while so that he can learn it or so he can show me what's going on with it uh, and how far behind I am since uh, I started down this same job function several months ago before I got switched over to the, the other team. So it's it's fun. I've also been poking a little more at Emacs org mode because, well, as long as I'm there, I might as well. I was thinking about it last week with last week's episode and how we talked so much about org mode. And so I'm poking at it a little bit. And I wrote an article for opensource.com this week that'll be coming out, I don't know when, uh, on using uh, Emacs. So it all it all sort of dovetails together. Wow. Yeah. And now I've got to start planning uh, the 20 open source productivity tools for 2020, a follow-up to my 2019 series, which was 19 tools for 2019. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. Fun times. Um, Really, that's it. It's been kind of boring otherwise boring is good in a lot of ways i mean when we're talking about job stuff the fact that nothing has broken so badly as that you have to talk about it is not bad Uh, that's fair that's fair i guess the other big thing is i've been dealing with a lot of stuff for the dorsi the last Mm -hmm. two weeks and that is i'm not going to say done but it is mostly out uh, of your hands out of my hands at this point so uh, for those who are in the fandom that uh, may have noticed, the Dorsai regulars will not be attending Anthrocon this year and will not be working Anthrocon this year in, in any capacity. As a group, individual members might still. official capacity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, members are free to volunteer for things, but as, you know, our usual official capacity, we're not there. Um, and there was a lot that – there was a lot that had to get – sussed out for that and it's it's emotional weight you know yeah. it's it's work yeah, yeah. you're doing and uh, 
there was the emotional weight, and then there was all of the logistics around putting together the press release, making sure we kept everybody informed internally, and then the you know coordinating or at least uh, announcing this to the AC board, and then the press release, and and it's just been a lot of moving parts. Yeah, a lot of moving yeah. parts. Uh, but I think we did okay with it. So. And uh, for those of you who are in the furry fandom who are going to Midwest Fur Fest this weekend, y'all have a good time. Absolutely. Uh, we uh, we wish you well. And if it weren't Chicago in December, I would seriously consider going. But <laughs> I was in Chicago in November, and I don't need to be in Chicago in December. That's just... Uh, I've been in Chicago in December. Yeah, I, I don't need to do it again. Yeah. So uh, that's, um, that's me. Yeah. Uh, you sent me a new draft. Uh, yes, I... Uh, hit the the point where my editor basically asked for a draft, or well, okay, it wasn't. They, my editor did not ask for a draft. My editor asked, <laughs> "How is it going?" Which I immediately panicked. Meant <laughs> that, and this was completely projection on my part. I am sure they did not even think this, but I was like, "Oh God, they want to know where I am. I have to. I should check in right now." I will send them what I have so that if they're going to do the thing where they're like, maybe we should go a different direction, it will crush me now and not three months hence. So I panicked and sent them a half of a first draft that is in my usual first draft state, which consists of large holes where I've just jotted notes to myself, the <laughs> word gap occasionally, um, and no ending and at the end, just kind of freeform commentary, like, maybe this happens. Eh, maybe that's too easy. I don't know. Uh, so, basically one of my drafts. And this editor and I are not new to working together. We've we've completed a book already. But uh, they are somewhat new to the state of my drafts. <laughs> or, or my first drafts. So... Uh, I am now basically, uh, then I panicked that this book was terrible, everyone would hate it, and I made two of my trusted beta readers read it right away. I believe we're alpha readers at alpha this readers, point. Alpha readers, yes, yeah. alpha, not beta. And uh, uh, Kevin being one of them, mm -hmm. and who has very graciously done so. I'm not done yet. But... Uh, you're pretty close. Yeah. And uh, they are trying to talk me off the ledge. But I'm, you know, still secretly convinced that I will have to move to the Yukon and take up panning for gold and change my name. So, Which is still a step above dying in a ditch next to Walmart. Yes, but until I find out what the editor thinks, uh, I am threatening to dig a hole, fill it with tequila, and die in it. So, And would that be next to the Walmart? I don't know. All right. It would be better tequila than you could get at Walmart. Well, in this state, you can't get tequila at Walmart. Then by definition. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, don't use the expensive stuff for that. Uh, anyway, so, and I also did the thing yesterday where I got so much done, like I wrote so many words, that today, even though it was a normal day, I was, I'm doing the, why didn't I get that much done? Why, why didn't I achieve... As much as I did yesterday, why can't I do that every day? Instead of going, wow, I did awesome yesterday, I'm like, wow, all of my other days suck and compared to that, and that should be my normal, which is not healthy, 
but some of you may recognize it nonetheless. Have you tried petting a cat? <sighs> yes, well. Uh, and of course, it doesn't help that when I come down going, I wrote 1,100 words and did a digital jigsaw puzzle that uh, my extremely productive husband is like, yeah, I set up this thing, did this other thing, ran three loads of laundry, set up the mic, um, uh, rewired a switch, and uh, did my yeah, day job. Well, I am not saying to hide your light under a bushel. I'm very proud of you. You being less productive will not make me more productive. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and, and and we have to remember not to judge our own productivity based on the productivity of others because we're all in different situations. We all have our own different limits at what we can and can't do. And who knows, tomorrow it is very likely I will have an absolute shit day. I don't and want you to get have nothing a shit done. Day, though. No, but it happens. It happens. But I mean, it's it's not it's not a good idea to judge your productivity against somebody else's productivity because we're all doing it at our own pace, kind of thing. Yeah, right? I I say that, and I nod, and I know this is true, while also not believing it applies to me. You. <laughs> Uh, given what I know of, of other writers and what they have said, you are on par. Yeah, I know. With, you know, the, the majority of the writers we know. I know. It's, so. it's just, you know, I'm feeling very unproductive today and I will have to come up with something to do later tonight so that I feel like I am not a total waste of... of mitochondria well we're gonna have a shit ton of laundry to fold soon so that okay. is very productive yes and it has a, a very nice start and finish and it is one of one of my favorite things to sort of do when it feels like i haven't gotten anything done is to pick a task like that i did the dishes earlier and it's very obvious like the start and finish of doing the dishes and it gives me just that little bit of 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 a boost that I know I finished this thing today. I also did great Sunday. Sunday and Monday, yeah, yeah. I got like tons of stuff done. Sunday, I assembled a bunch of big galvanized steel things. You did? And uh, like, I think I did some comic pages and everything was good. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying to tell myself that I, tend to go in fits and starts and get a lot done and then the next day if i don't get as much done that's okay because the day after i'll totally get tons done but yeah, yeah i'm yeah, just yeah. having kind Ski of a yeah. Yeah. so apparently um petting the cat has turned into the cat is now using my productivity alchemy interview notebook as a bed and bathtub maybe we should go to the interview while maybe, you sort that out maybe we should maybe we should so uh one of my Favorite people to hang out with at things like All Things Open or Open Source 101 or, or any of those events is uh, VM for sure. Uh, Vicky, as many people know her, she has re recently written a book, Forge Your Future with Open Source. And so, and I don't know if she's working on a, a second one. The book's been out about a year. It came in like the day after she left town for last year's Open Source 101 or um, uh, All Things Open. Uh, but uh, my copy came in the day after she left town. Uh, so I have yet to get it signed, but 
uh, anyway, it was great talking to her in a position outside of we're running back and forth, waving between our various talks <laughs> and things. So uh, we will talk to Vicky right after this. Hi, folks. I am here today with one of my favorite people in the whole world, uh, VM Brasseur, Vicky, as I know her. So, hi, Vicky. Say hi to everybody out there. Hi, Kevin, and everybody else. Yeah. Um, so, I really have no idea where to go from this, so I'm just going to let you do it. Can you introduce yourself and explain to us what you do? Oh, what do I do? Um, so for the past year, uh, I have been and hope to continue being so for a very long time now. Um, I'm director of open source strategy at Juniper Networks. Um, prior to that, I was a freelancer, um, but I am now in a monogamous relationship with Juniper Networks, and I'm very happy to be so. Uh, so uh, what a director of open source strategy does is I... Um, help Juniper use, contribute to, and release free and open source software projects in a way that's good for Juniper's bottom line and for the community, which uh, uh, most companies actually don't do very well. Um, I also am a former moderator for opensource.com, former vice president of the Open Source Initiative, the author of the one and only book available on how to contribute to free and open source software projects, and that was released last year. And it's right here on the shelf behind me. You can't see it because the camera's aimed up. But I keep it right next to um, my copy of, let's see, what's there right now? Kubernetes Up and Running and The Artist's Way, uh, both of which I still need to read. So, yeah. Well, if you'd like, you can bring yours to uh, All Things Open next week, and I will be happy to sign it, because apparently I'm doing a book signing. <laughs> and also, you owe me from last year when my book didn't come in time. Oh, crap. Well, then we got to fix that. That's right. That's right. All righty. So with all that going on or have gone on, how do you keep yourself productive or organized? Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, productive is not hard. Uh, organized is. Um, there was a time uh, just like a month and a half ago where I had well over 30 different projects in flight at one time, um, which is a problem. Um, and, and I was able to tell that because of my tools. So I do have a lot of tools that I rely on. Um, remember the milk is my to-do tracker and that's for discrete one-off items. Like do, do that, do that. Um, uh, Trello is my project tracker and I adore tracker, uh, Trello. I've used it almost since the very beginning. Um, so if there's anything larger than a single to-do, it will go on Trello. Um, Evernote is where I keep all of my textual stuff. Um, and that's, while it's, it, it's perfectly cromulent, I would love another solution that does what I need. But, um, in the meantime, I've been using it for about 
12 years. So I'm kind yeah. of invested. Right. Um, I live and die by my calendar. Um, when I need to kind of brainstorm a lot more, I use a tool called MindNode, which is Mac only. Um, and then everything possible goes into version control, including all of my, my, uh, all of my public speaking and my slides and stuff like that. So that all goes into GitLab. And there is an adorable little orange cat covering the camera right now. Yeah, she does that because my, my not recording personal laptop is right underneath the, the camera right now. And so she's looking for the warm spot and she will be adorable, but I will move her. Because she will also be distracting. So, I mean, those are all my tools, but I find that whenever somebody starts talking about productivity, the first thing they start talking about is tools, and it's actually the least important part. Um, I mean, the the best tool for the job is a tool that you're going to use. And what I find is that most people are constantly swapping the tools, thinking it's going to be some like panacea. Oh my God, this tool is going to finally make me so productive. And that's not the way it works. You have to invest in a tool and you have to come up with the processes and the habits of using the tool. And if you don't do that, it doesn't matter what the hell tool you use. Um, so these tools work for me. But I have this elaborate coping mechanism built around these tools. <laughs> and it's taken me years to do that. But because of that, I am able to track just dozens and dozens of projects at any time and tell where I am, uh, whether it's running late, who uh, whom I need to ping next, you know. But that's because I have built the processes around the tools, not the tools themselves. The tools are just what they are, right? Yeah. Uh, in my case, I build processes and try to build habits and then slot tools into them to see what fits. Or maybe a tool isn't working for a particular habit, so I'll change tools. So, I mean, it's it's a very different approach. You've modified or you've yeah. you've adapted the tools, as it were, to your workflow. I'm adapting my, well, I'm not adapting. I've got that backwards, don't I? <laughs> You tell me it's your workflow, right? You well, yeah. I've I've got a, a I, I pick the tool that fits my workflow. You've worked the tools until they fit your workflow, or and adapted your workflow to the tools. Am I confusing myself? Uh, yes, and, yes and no. I mean, um, uh, I what I actually did was look at my requirements for what I needed to get done. Mm -hmm. And I, I did try lots of tools before I landed on these. And what I found is that most of them were far too complicated. I just needed simple. I needed in the cloud. I needed available anywhere. I needed available offline. Um, and so I found tools that would allow me to do that. Like remember the milk is a very, very powerful tool that can do so much stuff. Oh yeah. And I did try to use some of the powerful tools. And what I found is that it just got in the way. All I needed was simple to do tracking, very, very basic mm -hmm. lists. Um, I used like three or four tags, if that. Um, everything is very, very basic. And I use almost no deadlines or, or almost no uh, uh, like due dates. It's like, I'm doing this on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, done nothing really forward thinking, a few repeating to do items to make sure I always stay on task. Right. But the more powerful things around remember the milk, I don't need for, for my personal workflow for other people. Yes. Yeah. But what I did find is that I needed a very simple 
easy to use interface. And that's what I went for, for almost all of my tools, because otherwise I would get lost in all of the options and start bike shedding rather than being productive. So that was important. And that really is the danger. Uh, the bike shedding and the yak shaving. Yak shaving is is possibly uh, my uh, one of my things that I will fall into really bad. And that is, well, this tool doesn't fit. So maybe I should go make my own tool or build an extension or adapt something. And the next thing I know, I've in, I'm working on inventing something from scratch. And I really don't need to do that. Which is mm-hmm. why I keep going back pretty much to the same set of tools over and over again. Yeah. Um, which does Most include Trello. Technology do that though, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, they're they're like, uh, this doesn't fit my special delicate snowflake needs, um, and so let me create one of my own rather than reflecting upon whether your needs are actually needs, um, or mm-hmm. whether you're just trying to make things more complicated than they need need to be, which we always do in technology. Uh, Yeah, and I will say that uh, at 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 least one previous job, it doesn't seem to be a big deal at my my current gig, but at uh, two jobs ago, we had a really bad problem with the, well, it doesn't do exactly what I want, and it wasn't invented here, so we're just going to write something new from scratch. Oh, yep. And it was was maddening. like, why aren't we using this yeah. other thing? Well, it didn't have this one feature. You, you, it's open source. You could have done it yourself. Yeah, but we just wrote the whole thing from scratch anyway. Yeah, if, if people actually ran the numbers on that. I mean, a lot of what I do is business strategy, right? That's what right. I did before I joined Juniper full-time. Um, I was open source business strategist. So, I mean, if you run the numbers for people and say, look at the amount of time you're investing in this and let's figure out how much your staff is being paid and look at how many thousands and thousands of dollars you are just blushing down the drain by doing something this way. Oh yeah. Then they start to pay attention, but otherwise they more until you put numbers on things, people are much less willing to, to really crack down on that sort of behavior, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Like anything else. Right. You, mm-hmm. you learn which buttons to push to make things work the way you need them to work. And in that case, it's usually numbers and money. Uh, very much so. Very much so. So um, yeah. anything else in the keeping yourself productive range here? Um, well, one thing I, I've got all these tools, but like I said, the processes are really the way to go. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've done um, and I'm getting a lot better at uh, in the past <laughs> or four so years right it's it's yeah. it's constantly an iterative development right is oh, yeah. i have weekly check-ins with myself um mm-hmm. so every week i'm looking at my trello boards i'm looking at uh, my personal trello boards on one day and i'm looking at my work trello boards on another day and so i every monday i will sit down and look at my work trello boards i'm like okay what do I have to make sure moves forward this week? What is stalled? What needs someone else to look at it? What can I defer and get out of that column completely? Yep. And I do this every single week. And this allows me to get a, a good scope of what's going on. Um, so that's been, I didn't used to do that regularly. I would just sort of do it in an odd hack base ad hoc basis, but Mm -hmm. doing it regularly has really taken such a massive drain off of my brain. And that's something that I think people don't really focus enough about with productivity. It's not about getting shit done, man. No, it's about alleviating your stress. 
and helping your mental health. And if you are able to find easy ways to do that while still getting things done, then that's a huge win, even if it's just baby steps. Yeah, and uh, one of the other things about it that uh, comes back to me is that it's not about just getting stuff done. It's about getting the right stuff done. And and your review lets you do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It, it allows me to see what, what really should be prioritized, um, what should be deprioritized, which is just as important as oh, just yeah, like yeah. coding, right? Removing lines of code is sometimes much more important than adding lines of code. And so we can get the productivity version of technical debt if you constantly have these things in your to-do column or your doing column or what have you that you're tracking, but you're not actually working on them. And that's where I ended up a a couple of months ago where I had 30-some things that I was tracking. And that was just not productive, right? It was a lot of mental stress on me looking at this big pile of stuff. But when I took an afternoon and just honest with myself about what is and is not going to get done, what can be deferred, what is priority, that cleared things up a lot. Oh, yeah. And brought it down to like 12 or so, which was, and all of a sudden things didn't look overwhelming anymore. And I just allowed myself to, to snowball. Mm-hmm. rather than taking the time to make the honest assessment that I had been doing before that. Things just got busy. Things are very busy at Juniper. Oh, no, I, I know. I, I have a friend who, I believe she was part of, was there a Jupiter that was acquired by Juniper years and years ago? Uh, I don't know. We, I've only been there a year. Okay. Um, so we've acquired a few companies since I started in November. Yeah, I was going to say, no, She, I, the company she worked for, I believe, was acquired by Juniper uh, somewhere in the uh, 94, 95, or not 94, 90, oh, 2003, 2004, 2005 range. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because uh, there is a whole long story about that. And uh, I should check in with her. I haven't talked to her in a while. You should do that. Yeah, I should. Uh, plus, I want to get her on the show, too. Um all right. Put that on your to-do list. Uh, I have a whole list of people I want to get on the show that I'm still working through and negotiating with and all that stuff. So she's there. It's cool. Um, Excellent. So other than the review, which we've covered, uh, what other systems and, dang it, systems and habits are valuable to you? Um. Let me see. Systems and habits. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, really, it's at the moment something mind, write it down. I keep nothing in my brain. My brain is not trustworthy. I've learned this over my many decades of life that I can't trust my And if you think you can, you're wrong. Your brain is lying to you. Don't trust your brain ever. Oh, yeah. So I am constantly, that's one of the reasons why one of the requirements for my tools was it has to be available everywhere in the cloud. So I'm always grabbing my phone and typing something in. Vicki, you need to do this. Check in with Kevin on that. Um, mm-hmm. Make sure you check the weather in Raleigh next week. You know, that sort of stuff. As soon as it comes to my mind, I write it down. Yeah, and, um, and for reference, probably still not rain. Uh, sorry. Just okay for those of us who are packing to come to Raleigh on Friday? You still so. you still want to check. You still want to check. But, at the, at, yeah, I think it's been like a month since we've had significant rainfall. It's... Uh, Come yeah. to Portland. We've got some. Oh, I know you've got some. I know. 
All right. Yeah. So reviews, write uh, it down. Reviewing and writing it down, but none of this, none of this matters if you don't continually check your, your tools, right? You have to have your tools and use your tools. And I am all day, every day, continually checking in on my to-do list. Even if I think I know what I'm doing, I'm looking at my to-do list to make sure I am actually on track. Um, and remember the milk is my touchstone throughout the entire day. If there's something I absolutely need to do, I might prioritize it. So it bumps to the top of the list, but more often I just glance at it because there's only like maybe 10 things on that list. I'm like, oh, right, crap. You've been meaning to do that. Yeah. So you have to use the tools and integrate them into your life. And they have to be as natural as breathing, where if you're not able to see your tool, you should be feeling a little uneasy because you can't trust what you're going to be doing. Right. Um, And so that's, yeah, I have a separate desktop, which is just my Trello and my remember the milk. (laughs) That's all that goes on it. And I'm constantly checking at it all day. Like I can glance and go, Oh yeah, I'm supposed to be talking to Kevin right now. There you go. Yeah. That That may be something I need to try for my, for my work machines. So I have two monitors set up. But the left-hand monitor, which is is not my primary, and maybe I'll have a a long-running processor, a virtual screen to one of my other machines open there, but everything important is happening on my main desktop. Maybe I need to try moving a couple of things over there and see where that ends up. Because it's the secondary, it's the one that if... um, if I need to continue focusing on something, but I'm stuck, you know, listening to that meeting, it's the one that gets the zoom. <laughs> yeah. You know, the meetings I'm talking I, about. <laughs> yeah. I have 20 plus meetings a week. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm very familiar with the meeting thing. Normally my zoom, I have to confess it will go over on that desktop. Um, because during that, I'm not usually looking at my to-do list. So that's fine. Yeah. But that means I can just look at my email. Um, <laughs> which is another thing that I completely rely on, but uh, that's because I'm kind of email native. Um, I did work at an email service provider for six years as director of engineering. Um, and we oh, used yeah. email like other people use Slack. So I got very, very good at uh, just manipulating my email and using email. And the way one does this is not by keeping things in your inbox. You oh, no. filter mercilessly. Um, I am on dozens and dozens of mailing lists. I mean, I'm in open source software, right? Free and open source software. We've been using mailing lists since forever. So um, I'm on dozens of mailing lists. And if I had all of those landing in my inbox, plus all of the Git commits that I get and Jira notifications and Garrett notifications, and it would just be completely overwhelming. So um one thing I do to keep myself super productive is make sure I get all that noise out of there and I can check it on my schedule, oh, yeah. which is usually during meetings, um, to be completely honest. I, there are meetings where I have to be very, very engaged, and then there are meetings where I have to be there and be paying attention, but I don't have to be as actively engaged. And then you can click through and, and see what the other things are happening in your inbox or your other folders, right? Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with Email, email is a great technology. There's everything wrong with how people use email. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, the aggressive filtering is something that I do myself. And also that uh, at least I'm fortunate 
currently to work at a place that I don't have to educate them that critical alerts and notifications do not go to email. That is that is a pet do peeve. Do you have them texted or are, are they pager duty? We have pager duty with Slack notifications and pages and, of course, uh, all else, a phone a phone alert, but it is not the, uh, and you've seen this at smaller companies too, where they just say, oh, well, we'll just send an email as an alert and the person will fix it. And they don't realize that that means the person who has to fix it is getting a hundred email messages an hour, just about one broken thing. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I do. <laughs> yes. Um, and our our listeners can't see, but there was just an adorable little orange kitty face in front of the camera. Yeah, um, you're really missing out, everyone. She's uh, she's she's getting settled uh, in in her her spot beneath the monitor. So hopefully that's that's nope nope. Here she goes again. Oh, there she is, mm-hmm. hi kitten. Oh, I love a kitty. Um, go sleep yeah. Sweetie. So okay. email, I mm-hmm. absolutely adore email. I uh, don't actually like Slack. Um, but that's because I'm IRC native and uh, Slack is a complete hog on my computer. I do travel oh, yeah. an immense amount. Um, and so I like to go for things that minimize battery drain. Mm-hmm. And Slack is not one of those things. No. And so all the Slack bridges to lighter weight things just don't work. Aha. Uh-huh. But you have not used IRC Cloud's bridge yet. I did. Briefly, the difficulty I believe I've had with IRC Cloud's bridge is that I also belong to a lot of Slacks uh, for professional and social purposes. And so it starts to get a little hectic when you've got five servers you're connected to that all have a general channel. I have at least that many. I'm not going to go count right now. No, Um, no. Uh, so I have a ton. And what I've learned is that when on weekends and on on holidays and when I'm on PTO, I log out of anything that is not personal. Right. So um, I can keep running my IRC cloud, keep following my open source projects and uh, social channels on Freenode. Mm-hmm. Um, but then just about everything else, I sign out and it can drastically reduces the noise. Um, and then people don't feel they are able to ping you when you're taking you time and you have to make sure you carve out that time for you because otherwise you're not going to rest up and you're not going to be effective when you are back on the job. So turn everything off when you're on vacation. Uh, I I do it. And I also maintain a, or try to maintain a very strong separation with that is my work laptop. That is where work happens, whether it's at home or whatever, when I'm on that laptop, that is the work laptop. And then this is my not work laptop. Sometimes work might, polluted a little bit email have to check in on something on slack whatever but it doesn't even have the corporate vpn on it so i can't actually do anything yes i have that as well i have i can't even get to my work calendar without being on the vpn oh wow Um, they we do i did get a phone now so i have a work phone and a a non-work phone mostly so i can make sure i can do that uh, Mm -hmm. and get to the calendar um, and email when I'm on the road because I do travel a lot. But otherwise, it makes it very easy to unplug. When I walk away from this desk, I'm away from this desk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's only... It's nice. I just have to remember to turn it back on the week I'm on call, on my phone at least. Yeah, you should do that. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's where you use your to-do tracker. Right. Right. <laughs> See, it all comes back around. Full Keep circle. Full out of circle. your brain. Yeah. With all that going on, then, how do you decide what to do first in a given day? Uh, it's pretty obvious most of the time. Um, <laughs> Uh, a, you've got the weekly review, right? So mm -hmm. I can see what I, what do I have to get done this entire week? And it's pretty rare that something has to be done on a specific day, but if it does, I've already given it a to do a uh, due date. So it's like, I have to have this done on Monday or make sure you've looked at this before Friday because Lisa needs it for the following Monday, right? That sort of thing. Um, but otherwise it's pretty obvious because you either have a deadline or something is on fire or it's just irritating you, right? It's like a stone in your shoe and it's just weighing on your mind. And what I find is that if I don't work on those things first, then I'm not going to get anything else done. So I have to get rid of that cognitive burden and that oh, yeah. emotional burden as well as like just remembering stuff. If I don't do that, then I won't be productive. So I have to work on the stuff that's going to get in my way and give myself permission to do that. There might be something that might have a due date of today, but there's something weighing on my mind that's due tomorrow. Work on the thing tomorrow because you're not going to get the thing done that's due today if you don't get it out of the way. Or at least make some progress to give yourself that mental space so you actually get stuff done. Yeah, I made, I, I, got, I, I got some momentum on that. Now I can go to this other thing and I'm really set to finish the other one tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, okay, yes, I have, I've done something on it. I can feel better about it. I can set it aside and not feel guilty or not. Or I have gotten to a point where I can now think about it and let it stew a little bit mm -hmm. rather. And I, or what often is the case is I have captured all of my thoughts and I've put them somewhere that I'm not going to lose them. Mm -hmm. So now I can go focus on this other thing without right. worrying about losing those thoughts. But um, as far as what to work on first, it's, and it's, it's usually pretty obvious because I am constantly staying on top of things and seeing what has to happen and when. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that actually brings me to my next question, which is, all right, I'm flying blind. This is the second time I've done this. I'm working from memory on the questions. Ooh, I so, have them in a Vim window in front of but me. But I, 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 I should have them memorized. And the question is... So what is the best advice or feedback you've been given or the best advice or feedback you would give someone? Oh, I didn't get to give someone in the question. Um, <laughs> so given, I don't actually get a lot of advice about productivity and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing that happened recently that I'm very, very grateful for Um as I, I may have mentioned, it'll probably get cut off in the front, but I moved house this past week. Right. Um, and um, it's pretty chaotic. All of y'all who have moved, you know, that that's the case. Um, I live alone, which means I don't have a partner I can turn to and say, hey, dude, please go do the thing. So right. it means I, I there was a lot of work to do. Plus, I travel a lot, doing a lot of things. Um, and I was talking to my friend, Brian, who also happens to be the editor for my book. And he's a great human being. Um, <laughs> so I was talking to Brian. Um, he was my friend before he was my editor, oh, yeah. which is to say, n never befriend a book editor because you will write a book. But um, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yes. Yeah. 
See, yeah, you would know. Um, so uh, I was talking to Brian and he didn't specifically say anything in an advice sort of way. It wasn't mm-hmm. couched in that way, but he did a very good job of helping me see that I can't do it all, that it's okay for me to ask for help, that um, in this particular case, it was okay for me to hire people to help me with my house move. And I'd never done that before. Um, and it it turned out to do amazing things for my mental health, just to give myself permission oh, and yeah. to be able to do it, right? But I also was able to recognize through this entire process that one of the reasons I hadn't done it before is that I hadn't been able to mm-hmm. and that a lot of people are in that position and that I really am in a, a great position of privilege where I can throw money at this problem to give myself the mental space to get my work done by having somebody else pack my stuff, having somebody else move my stuff, having somebody else uh, do a move out clean in my house. I was so grateful to be in a place where I can do that now. And I know that I can't take it for granted. So that wasn't advice specifically, but I'm very grateful to Brian for helping me realize these things. Yeah, but it's, uh, on the other hand, I mean, it's a huge thing once it finally settles in. It is. You know, the number of times... I have moved or I've helped a friend move because either they can't or won't, and sometimes both, uh, hire someone to help or uh, the number of times where uh, recently uh, Ursula and I have been like, we do not have time, we do not have energy, let's see if there's someone who can do the land clearing at the new piece of property or, uh, you know, stuff like that. We we don't have to go out there with a chainsaw and spend days and weekends and whatever just trimming bush and things. There are people that pay, get paid to do that, and we can pay them. It's like yeah, this this and you this can yeah pay them nicely, right? Yeah, 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 you yeah. Can value the work that they bring and that they bring to your your life and the improvement they bring to your life. But I think really one of the most valuable parts of of that I walked away with from my conversation with Brian was continually uh, I, I'm so bad at this, but recognizing that it's okay to ask for help um, yeah. because I have lived more or less alone since I was 18. I, I have been able to do everything on my own. I can fix things in my house. I can take care of stuff. I can do all my computer stuff. I can, you know, I'm highly capable individual, right. but just because I can, doesn't mean I have to and giving myself the permission to allow someone else to help me. It's mm-hmm. something I am continually working on. And I was, it, it took him, I was so stressed. And <laughs> I was in Antwerp at the time for work stuff and yeah. jet lagged. And so it really needed a friend to help shine a light on the fact that, no, Vicky, it's okay. It's okay to let someone else help you do this. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be better for it. Oh, no, I, I totally agree. It it took me a little bit of time to figure it out. And when I realized that not only could I ask for help, but there were people willing to help and that I was mm-hmm. willing to help other people, it, it made a big difference. It really did. Yeah. Because uh, I, think, I think that may be a personal thing, but if I ask for help, I am always offering to help or helping later because I don't want to be a taker. It, it, I, I want to make sure that's a, an equitable thing, a two-way street. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, you don't want to be that, 
person, right? But a lot of people, yeah. that, it takes a lot of self-awareness oh, yeah. to recognize that it's when you are taking, and it's okay to take mm-hmm. as long as you make sure that you are also giving back. You don't necessarily have to give back to the same person right. the same way, but you always have to be aware of that balance and try and always make the, those balances uh, lean more towards the giving than the taking. But oh, when yeah. you need to take, that's okay, right? You, you got to take care of yourself mm-hmm. because otherwise you're not going to be there to give for someone else later. Yeah, and uh, when I had Mary on, I guess it's been Mary Thingvall only almost uh, a year and a half, two years now since I had Mary on. I mean, that was something. Oh, wow, that long. Yeah, um, Open Source 101 2017, just after that, I want to yeah. say. Yeah. Um, but that was something, I mean, you know, she's really big on put your own oxygen mask on first before helping others. Mm-hmm. You have to take care of yourself before you can help others because if, if you run yourself to the ground helping others, you're no good to anybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's definitely not a good thing. Yeah. So, yeah. I love Mary. She's great. Yeah, I know. Um, I should have her on for a follow-up. I'll talk to her at All Things Open next week. By the way, folks, this is probably airing sometime in November. Sorry. But uh, uh, this is ha- we're actually recording the week before All Things Open. So I'll actually be seeing Vicky in like, what, four days, five days now? Give or take. If that's real soon now. Yeah. Yeah. No, everybody who's, who's, who's coming into town and staying at my house starts arriving like Thursday night. So yeah, just, just a little short time. Yeah. So, okay. All right. (laughs) Um, thinking of, of painful subjects, how do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal? Cause failure is a part of life. So uh, one thing you should probably know is that studying failure is one of my hobbies. And so I have a bibliography on Zotero of over 3,200 pages of research. Really? Across all industries into various things on failure. God. And I have a talk about it. Uh, So I have consolidated those 3,200 pages down into the greatest hits of failure um, across all industries. It's a so it's a 45 minute talk. So failure and I, we go way back um, yeah. and I'm a big fan. Um, but because I have all done, I've done all that research. It doesn't mean failure doesn't happen to me, but it, thanks to those elaborate system systems of coping mechanisms that I mentioned, mm-hmm. I usually see a failure coming a mile away um, because I am weekly check-ins. I am constantly check looking at what's going on, what needs to go on. Um, I, I do corporate strategy. It's all big picture. Oh yeah. yeah. Then the, the tactics of the implementation. I'm very good at that, but I look at the big picture. So I'm constantly seeing what's happening and what could happen, what might happen and what ifs. And so failures don't happen a lot in that way. And when I do see they're coming because I am doing those big weekly reviews, mm-hmm. I can either adjust to prevent it, or I can adjust to diminish the impact and deflect them. And so they don't usually happen often. Um, But I mean, they're naturally failures and things that aren't going well, or I have to, you know, reschedule or adjust in some way. That's going to be a learning opportunity, but so are successes. Oh, absolutely. That's something that we don't do is we don't do postmortems on our successes because we have a lot of things that could have gone wrong 
and we completely ignore them. And they're called latent errors. And all they need is a, an enabling condition. Again, I've done a lot of research. So you've got your <laughs> latent error. Uh, and these are, you may have a completely successful project, but if you don't look at these things that could have gone wrong and figure out why they didn't, mm-hmm. that latent error is just going to bite you the next time. So um, as I'm completing things or as I'm working on stuff, I'm constantly adding notes to my Trello cards saying, okay, this is this next time do that. And, and I'm constantly doing this sort of um, continual iterative development so the next time I'm in a similar situation, I will have already learned, but I'm doing that all the time um, as I'm mm-hmm. working through things. Uh, one of the most valuable, so I joined, I've been in technology since 19, forever, for like- Don't do the math. For, I've been, yeah. yes, <laughs> but the very, very first job in the tech sphere um, was at a company that is still around and- I, I'm sure they're doing fine. They were acquired by some group, but um, it had a very, very strong culture of ticketing systems. Oh. You were writing down everything and you were constantly searching old tickets and looking for, for historical information and learning from the people who came before you and writing things down. So you people can learn from your experiences and it, was such an amazing habit to get into at the very start of my tech career. And it blows my mind that my mind that this isn't everywhere, but I've used that now oh, yeah. with everything I do, right? All of my, I have ticketing systems everywhere. And my Trello cards have a great deal of information about what's going on and what's good and what's not. And so I'm always looking back at stuff. It's like, Oh, you were talking to someone about this a few months ago. Go look that up. And what did you learn? Whom should you talk to? Oh, whom shouldn't you talk to? That sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, So, uh, yeah, just continually tracking that sort of thing um, allows me to make sure that failures don't happen as much or as badly as they would otherwise. Not, Not to emphasize my gray beard and going back to our not invented here discussion, uh, we had a strong, a strong sort of ticketing system culture at my first job in the tech industry. And we did write our own ticketing system because, and I am not making this up, there really weren't any yet. That was my first, yeah, the first yeah. job I, yeah, they they had their own ticketing system. Um, and it was great. And it did exactly what they needed, but it has been custom built from like the early 90s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was just the way they worked. But the culture was there. The tool itself yeah, oh, yeah. didn't matter. Yeah, you never um, you never answer a a if a customer has an issue, you get a ticket, you get people involved. Um yes. if you don't have a ticket, then it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Plus you yep. need to write everything down um and CYA, you know, copy yes. everything. You're doing stuff at the command line, you're copying everything you're doing, you know, screen it if you need to, just Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Because you never know. All right. Well then, and we've already talked a little bit about this, but do you celebrate your successes and if so, how? Um yeah, no, not really. Um I mean, the thing is it's what what's a success really? I mean, just getting shit done. 
that's that's business as usual, right? You right. finish one thing, you move on to the next. There's no reason to celebrate that. There are some things that are worth celebrating, right? Um, finishing my book. Yeah. Holy crap. That was definitely worth celebrating, but that was a year of my life. Um, you know, that's, that's worth it. But otherwise, everything else is just getting stuff done. Um, and maybe I should... Mm-hmm for various mental health reasons, I suppose, celebrate them, but most of them are not really worth it, right? It's like, oh, look, you made sure that uh, you were able to help legal work through this particular issue, or you helped marketing do that, or you helped the community do that. And that's, that's just what I do. Right, right. Right. I can't have my entire life be a celebration of the little things I do in my day to day work, because I would never get anything done. I'd be too busy celebrating. Not that that sounds bad. Um, did you did you do something? Did you do something for the new job? Oh, did I do something for the new job? Um, not really. <laughs> I, I was very excited to uh, have healthcare again because um, I was freelance before that. Yeah. So I got a physical therapist. Is what I did to celebrate getting a new job. Um, but the thing is, I I got the new job, but I got it at the same time I was helping to run and organize a conference up in Seattle, uh, Seagull, Seattle GNU Linux. Seagull.org, S-E-A-G-L.org, happening in November, real soon now. Um, so I was doing that. And so I was at Seagull and immediately had to race down to Sunnyvale for my first day at the office. And, you know, yeah, no. not really. I was too busy. I'm, right? I understand. Yeah. stuff done. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand completely. Uh, my, my new job happened. What was it? We started the interview process before I left for Tibet. We finished the interview process when I got back from Tibet, and then the hire paperwork dance week for the new hire school, and then almost not even like two weeks later, we're on our way to Anthrocon. It was it was a, yeah. a madhouse. Yeah, I never want to have a spring like that again. So <laughs> yeah, I'm having an autumn like that right now. I I don't yeah. recommend it. I mean, not with a new job, definitely not going anywhere. But right. you know. Work, travel, house move, travel, work, travel, you know. Oh, yeah. All y'all, if you get the chance to stay at home, I highly recommend it. I would I, love to do that right I, Yeah, one of the things I really like about All Things Open is it's in Raleigh, which means I can sleep in my own bed. But given the amount of traveling we've done this year, I'm, I'm really with you on that. It's hard. It's really hard. It's, it's very difficult because, yeah. I mean, all of my travel is for work. Mm-hmm. Um, and work doesn't stop when you're at work. So nope. when I'm in Shanghai, when I'm in Sydney, when I'm in Antwerp, when I'm in Lyon, when I'm in all these places, and everyone's like, oh, my God, it's so exciting. You get to see these these exotic places. I'm like, no, I get to see hotels and conference centers. But when I'm doing that, mm-hmm. I still have all of my meetings. I still have all of my other work that needs to get done. I mean, this is just another part of the job. Yeah. Is oh, yeah. spending a lot of time on airplanes and earning status the hard way. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. All right. So is there anything else you want to share with folks? Where can we find more stuff from you online? Uh, Twitters. Oh, I yeah. am. I love the Twitters. I'm Twitter native. So you can find me VM Brasur on Twitter. Um, if you're at all interested in open source software, I do highly recommend you check out my book which is at fossforge.com, F-O-S-S-F-O-R-G.com. And that just redirects you to my Pragmatic bookshelf mm-hmm. uh, site. Uh, Pragmatic is my publisher. They're lovely people. And yep. they are also based out there near you. They are, um, yeah. yeah. 
So if you ever want to write a book, I highly recommend going with Pragmatic. They're lovely. I love if you're writing a tech book. Well, but you're writing a tech book. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I forget that you're deeply steeped in the other side of the publishing industry. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, forging yeah, so your future with open source. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic. Book. I like it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm quite biased, though. Um, and particularly if you're relatively new to technology, like you want to get into tech. Um, the One of the things I made sure the book did is not assume a lot of technical knowledge. And it didn't assume that you're coming into open source to be a programmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, because free and open source software needs all people in all roles. So we need marketers, we need project managers, we need designers, we need uh, security folks. Technical and writers. Oh, for crying out loud, yes, please. <laughs> please, tech writers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're oh. worth your weight in gold. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, um, thank you so much. Uh, I've really enjoyed talking. I mean, I always enjoy talking to you. I enjoy talking to you in a way that we can share with my audience. Yes. And I'm so glad to be here for your audience. Um, So I'm looking forward to spruiking this online once it gets published. Uh, Get a lot more people to listen. uh, Don't worry. We absolutely will. So thank you. Lovely. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And I'll see you next week. And uh, Well, yeah, I'll see you next week too. Uh, But for the people at home, I'll be right back after this. Yes, tiny orange friend. Mew to you, too. I had a great time talking to Vicky, like I said. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as... I'm sorry. I hope you folks enjoyed it as much as I did. And so, yeah, it was great. And I want to thank Vicky for coming on the show. We uh, It took us like a year to schedule it, so it was really great to get it done. All right. Our batch code for this week is FOSSFORGE. F-O-S-S-F-O-R... Uh, G-E. I keep wanting to put a D in there. I don't know why. Ford J. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Pronunciation-wise, yeah. Yeah, Foss Forge, uh, which is also the name of her website. So cool. there we go. Um, if you want to learn more about the badges that we give out, open badges, check out the badge how-to on productivityalchemy.com, and you can start collecting, and uh, it's pretty cool. I have fun making them every week. So that's, I think that's it. If you want to support us, there are lots of links on productivityalchemy.com. And also, tis the time of year to give to people. There are a lot of great organizations. We are are. fond of uh, Races Texas. That's R A I C E S Mm -hmm. Texas. Uh, Native Seed Search. And uh, I particularly like the Alongside Wildlife Foundation, which is gives uh, micro grants basically to scientists who are like, I don't need a million dollars. I just need 
two hundred bucks to buy camera traps, and they uh, they do a lot of good work that mm-hmm. has been super helpful. So uh, check them all out. They could use some love. Yep. And if uh, none of those suit you, uh, your local food bank always needs help. Particularly, I mean, this time of year, yes, but yeah. all times of year, all times of too, year. So yeah, yeah, give the show them some love yeah. and uh, and pay attention when they for what they're asking for specifically because a lot of people tend to give them things they can't actually use. Yes, money is always helpful. Lord mm-hmm. knows. Yes. Um, don't give them pie filling and French cut green beans unless they ask for pie filling and French cut green yeah, beans. They're probably not going to. I'm pretty sure they're full <laughs> up on those. Yeah. So that's it for this week. Uh, I want to thank all you folks for listening. Remember, you can check us out on Patreon, uh, Ursula V. You can check us out on Coffee, K Sunny. You can share it with your friends and recommend it. I've had a lot of really good feedback this past week from people who are uh, like discovering some of these things for the first time and getting really excited, and I love it. Uh, it excites me. Also, uh, if you would like to volunteer as tribute to be interviewed. Yes. Uh, email me. Uh, they're from the contact form on the website or Kevin at Sonny, S-O-N-N-E-Y dot com. And we will set something up. We will schedule it with my doodle. And that sounds really wrong. Really wrong. But that's the name of the service. I use doodle to do all the scheduling. It's pretty, it's really cool. Uh, so, all right. Well, that's it. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you, folks, for listening, and we will see you next week. Oh, yeah, and don't forget to um, stay productive. Hey, Kevin. Yeah? Ooh, la! Stop it. <laughs>